I want to read something to you here. I was praying, Jenny, and this verse rose up in my spirit like a storm. I'm telling you, and the Holy Ghost in his great kind way. You know, he can correct you and yet not do it in a mean way. He can correct you, but do it in a sweet way. And, uh, and um, he, I heard, he said something to me. He said, I expect you to have an advantage over sinners. I mean, God is, God is totally nothing but victory with nothing God. Victory. Because, you know, things, certain things that, you know, everybody faces, you know, we have, you know, we just have to make decisions. We have to follow, you know, the way the world, I'm not talking about COVID or nothing like that. I'm just talking in life. And uh, I was facing something that was frustrating me a little bit and I was trying my best. And I heard the Holy Ghost on, on the inside of me say, son, you're in your mind about that. You're in your mind about that, and I preach it, and I know, but it's so easy to slip into your mind and be in your mental arena and try to figure it out and try to figure it out. Listen, if you take a moment and actually, and actually check yourself, am I in my spirit or my mind about this? You'd be shocked at how many times that you tick the box called mind and the box called spirit remains empty. And, you're, and I'm not saying that we don't use our brains. You do use our brains and there is a natural realm. But I'm saying a lot of the time when we face issues or big decisions, yeah. difficult decisions, situations that if we, we could go here, we could go there. And, and it's so tight and it's so slim and it's so, it's just, it's impossible to know. And so you're racking and you're analyzing and you're scraping and you're, oh, which, what, how do I do this? Or, and what you're doing is you're trying to figure it out in your mind, but your mind doesn't have the answer. Your mind doesn't know what to do. Your spirit has the answer. That's why Pastor Nancy always says you'll never make another hard decision again as long as you live because the Holy Ghost is inside you and the answer is inside you. And if you can tap into the answer and he can reveal the answer, you've got the answer for everything, but you have to learn to tap into it. Now, listen, he said this statement to me. I expect you to have an advantage over the world. Amen. And I said, Lord, I, because I was dealing with something in the world system. I was dealing with something in the world system, not in the church system. And I was trying to figure it out with my mind and I was getting frustrated about it. And, and, and I, he said that to me and it really breathed life into me. I expect you to have an advantage over the world. In other words, this is not just a suggestion. This is not just an option. Well, if you'd like, take it. And if you don't like, it's okay. God expects us. He expects us. He paid a heavy price for us to have an advantage over the world. Amen. And he quoted me this verse, Jenny, Amen. and I need to read it to them because this is where we get the word advantage. He said, I expect you to have an advantage over the world. What, what did he mean by that? Because I've got the Holy Ghost, I have an advantage over the world. Amen. If I will tap into the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. And tap into the answers out of my spirit instead of racking and staying in this mental arena. But I'm telling you, I was in the shower. That's, that's, I have a prayer closet, but I'm telling you, that's my wet prayer closet, Reverend Taylor. That's the cleanliness is next to godliness, and I'm right by God in that shower. I'm telling you. And I was in there this afternoon scrubbing my hair. I've got a special shampoo that smells like oranges. Oh, Jesus, help us. And I was scrubbing, and I was going. That's what I do when I'm in the shower, and I go... Because all those oranges, they just it feels like I'm in an orange orchard. I mean, it's the most glorious. I sometimes wash my hair three, four times, not because it needs it, just because I like to smell those oranges, Taylor. And then I feel like drinking orange juice. I'm telling you, sometimes I've even taken orange juice into the shower. So I, no, I have. So I can, and then I can just take a swig of orange juice. I know I'm a bit strange. I know I'm a bit strange. But I was in there, you know, just enjoying the oranges and praying in the Holy Ghost because that's my habit. 
And that better be your habit if you're going to be a spiritual person. And I've noticed the more I've been praying, because I've been increasing my prayer during Devil 19. I've been increasing my prayer. And I find the more I'm praying, the more the Holy Ghost, I don't mean like laughing like I'm on the floor rolling like when Richard Roberts comes, but the more a little laugh comes up on the inside of me. Ha, 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 ha. And it just, it just, but it comes up out of my spirit. And I'm noticing that almost every time now I'm praying, I'll just be mushtahati ishtihikahahahashikamiandehe. And in my mind, I'm saying, what am I laughing about, Lord? Because I don't feel like laughing, but it bubbles up out of my spirit. And the Lord doesn't always tell me. In fact, most times he doesn't tell me what I'm laughing about, but he just quotes the word to me at destruction and famine laugh. When you're praying out the plan, you don't know what you're praying, son, but you're laughing because victory is imminent, victory is sure. You might be laughing out your victory in this area. You might be laughing out your victory in that area. And then you get into prayer which is another form of, of laughter. It's rejoicing. Anything in joy, whether it's laughing or running or shouting or praising or singing, it's all part of that category of we're lifting him up, we're praising him. It's a release of our faith. But I'm in there sniffing the oranges, praying in the Holy Ghost and laughing. I mean, it's, a, it's a wonderful place to be, but you can't come unless you're my wife, praise God, because that's, that's my private area. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. Unless you walk down the aisle with me, you don't get to come into my wet prayer closet with me. Glory to God. I told you the wind was in me tonight, Jenny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus had fun. He, he was funny, Taylor. So as I was saying, I'm in my, in my wet prayer closet praying and I heard the Holy Ghost say it to me. I'm telling you, I expect you to have an advantage over the world. And, he, and then he brought my attention in my spirit to this verse. And this is where it talks about having advantage over the world. Let me read it to you. John chapter 16 and verse 7. John chapter 16 and verse 7. I'll read it to you in the Amplified. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, I want you to see that word expedient. Do you see that word expedient? That word expedient is the, is the Greek word uh, sumphero, and it means to bear up together. It's wonderful. It means to be in a place of advantage. It means to bring together and to become profitable. When you, in other words, you, you can bear it up alone or you can bear it up with the Holy Ghost. Which do you want? You want to take all the burden yourself? He wants to share it with you. He wants to come and bear it up with you so that you are profitable and so that you have a place of advantage. In other words, you're not alone. Don't ever say the awful words, I'm alone. You've got the Holy Ghost, you're never alone. And the Holy Ghost is more precious, more valuable, more tangible, and more real than humans. Amen. I, if I had to pick, as much as I love my wife with all my heart, if I had to pick between the Holy Ghost and my wife, obviously I'm going to pick the Holy Ghost because he is so real and he's so, that we don't have to pick, thank God. But even when I'm away, even when I'm away, physically away from other people, traveling in dangerous situations, in lonely situations, the mighty Holy Ghost never, ever, ever leaves me. 
and he is right there to bear up with me and put me in a place of advantage so that I become profitable. Now we're talking about the anointing to prosper in this season. That includes profit. If you want to become profitable and have an advantage, then you need the Holy Ghost. Now what does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians 16, 9? Or I don't know if that's the right verse. Maybe you check it for me. But where it says, uh, don't be ignorant lest he, no, that 69 is about the door, that there's many adversaries. But there's another verse. No, you find it for me. Look it up where it says, uh, uh, don't be ignorant lest the devil take advantage of you. I know that's in Corinthians somewhere. Find that for me, my brother. Okay. Now, as the Bible says that if we're ignorant, the devil will take advantage of us. But God expects us to have the advantage which means we're not supposed to be ignorant. Well, how are you not going to be ignorant? If you've got the Holy Ghost, who's the spirit of truth and who leads you and guides you into all truth, you can't be ignorant if you know all truth. And you can't be ignorant if he shows you things to come. So if you've got the Holy Ghost, there's no ignorance. And if there's no ignorance, the devil can't take advantage. In fact, the opposite happens because you've got the Holy Ghost, you take advantage. You bear up with him and you come into a place of profitability and advantage. That's what expedient means in the in the Greek language. Second Corinthians two eleven. Second Corinthians two. Read it to me. Lest Satan should get an advantage, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his for we are not ignorant of his devices. Second Corinthians two eleven. He's not going to get an advantage if we're not ignorant, but he will get an advantage if we are ignorant. But if you've got the Holy Ghost, you're no longer ignorant, which means he can't get an advantage. But instead, you take the advantage. I'm telling you, Jenny. I heard him say it. I expect you to have an advantage over the world. In other words, you don't know what you've got inside you, son. You've got God, the creator of the universe, living inside you that Abraham didn't have and Daniel didn't have and David didn't have and John the Baptist didn't have. You've got, this is the New Testament. We become one with God. God, the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity is actually in me, not just on me. And because God is in me, he is my advantage. He bears up with me to make me profitable. And therefore, he expects me to have advantage over the world because the world doesn't have the Holy Ghost. And yet Christians across the board typically are broke down, sick, weak, afraid, making bad business decisions, failing in marriage as much as the world, failing in business as much as the world. How is that possible if we're supposed to have the advantage? You know how it's possible? Because Christians haven't learned to tap into that advantage. They're in their brain and their mind like the sinners, and they haven't learned to tap into their spirit man. And your spirit man is where you need to tap into because it will protect you. Now, that was John 16, verse 7. It is expedient for you that I go. In other words, for the Holy Ghost to come into you. In other words, when the Holy Ghost comes into you, you, it's expedient for you. In other words, when you get the Holy Ghost, you get the advantage. You become profitable. Hallelujah. For if I go not away, the comforter, which is a capital C, another word for the Holy Ghost, will not come. But if I depart, I'll send them to you. So it's good. Don't, don't hold me back, boys. Let me go. It's good. You don't want me to stay. You've got the better one coming, the Holy Ghost. I can only be with you here. But when you're on down yonder and I'm here, I can't be with you. But when he comes, he's going to be with you everywhere, omnipresent. Amazing. Now, let me read it from the Holman's Christian Study Bible. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is to your benefit. That I go away because if I don't go, the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you to your benefit. Yeah. 
I like that. Now let me read you please from the Young's Literal Translation. And it says, but I tell you the truth, it is better for you. And the Knox Translation says the same thing. It is better for you that I go away. For if I go not, the comforter will not come. Now let me read it to you from the Amplified Classic Translation. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it. It is profitable, good, expedient, and advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby will will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Listen to the titles of the Holy Ghost, Jennifer. Counselor. We already know he's comforter. Helper. All of these are capital letters at the beginning. Advocate. Intercessor. Strengthener. And standby. He says it is good advantageous, expedient, and profitable. That's exactly all the words in the Greek. That's why the the Amplified Classic is closest to the Greek in most cases. And all those words is what I read you from the Greek. That first when I read from the King James, I was reading from the Greek lexicon. Those words, profitable, advantageous, expedient is what it's translated in English. Now the, 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 the Amplified Classic adds the word good. It is good. Remember, he said it's better for you. So it's good, it's expedient, it's advantageous, and it's profitable for you to have the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is the comforter. Oh, how many times we need comfort. He is the counselor. How many times do we need counsel? Every day of our lives. He is the helper. How many times do we need help? Every day of our lives. He is the advocate. Between, uh, he, hel- he, he knows what's in the, remember 1 Corinthians 2? He knows what's in the mind of the Father. And he reveals that to us. We know we have a right to know the things freely given to us of God because we've got the Holy Ghost. So he is the advocate between the Father and between us. He is the intercessor. He is, he is not just praying for us, but as we pray, he helps us intercede, which is such a critical component to victory. He is the strengthener, capital S. When you're feeling weak, he strengthens you and he is the standby. That's one of my favorite terms for him. Capital S, the standby. That means, Jenny, he'll, he never leaves me. He stands by me. Amen. Even when I mess up. Amen. Even when I mess, make mistakes. Even when I don't always handle situations right. Even when I lose my temper or I lose my cool or I get out of my spirit. The Holy Ghost is my standby. He is standing by me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. This is advantageous, profitable, good, and expedient that I get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I think that's, I think one more, just the Passion Translation. Did I read you the New Living? But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. It is best for you. God wants the best for us. And let me read you from the Passion Translation. What did I say? 16.7. From the Passion Translation, it says this. Praise God. But here's the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the divine encourager, capital D, capital E, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him unto you, the divine encourager. Oh my gosh. He's a divine encourager. And you see, again, the word advantage, because that's what the Greek word says. It is to your advantage. Now I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, I expect you to have advantage over the world. Why, Taylor? Because I'm not bad. It's almost unfair. 
I'm not batting with the same bat as the world. I have an advantage. And it's not cheating. You know, they, they say these guys that are, they, you know, they add these things inside the bat. They're cheating. They add these things inside the bat to give it a different consistency inside. And then when, you know, if they catch them, and then when they hit that ball, it's more likely to hit a home run because it causes the ball to go further because the bat's not just made of wood, but they've got things inserted in it that give it more of a punch. You see, now they've got an advantage, but they're cheating. Now, you see, I get up to the plate, and I'm not cheating, but I've got an advantage. I've got legal inserts in my bat, legal in the courtroom of heaven, because I've not liked the world. I'm not batting with the same average that the world bats, and I'm not batting with the same equipment that the world bats. I've got an advantage because I've got the Holy Ghost with me, and if you learn to tap into the mighty Holy Ghost on the inside of you, I'm telling you, he is, we have barely scratched the surface of who he is. We talk about the spirit realm being vast. The spirit realm is the Holy Ghost's realm. Yes. It is the spirit realm, small s, because the spirit of God lives there yeah, amen. and created it. Amen. We talk about the spirit realm being vast. The spirit realm is subject to the spirit, capital S. If the spirit realm is vast, can you imagine the vastness of the spirit, capital S? Yeah. This vast spirit of God who knows the Father. The Bible says that God's mind is infinite. You can't find an end to it. He knows the deep things. You know in Corinthians where it says the deep things. If you study them in the Greek, it means the limitless, the boundless, the bottomless. There's no end to the mind of God. Yeah, amen. And the Holy Ghost knows the infinity of God. How could the Holy Ghost know the infinity of God? Because he's the Holy Ghost. He is God's spirit. Yes, amen. God's spirit. He knows the infiniteness of God, and yet he lives in you. If he knows the infiniteness of God the Father creator, and he's God's spirit that is on the earth inside me, that means God's spirit is inside my spirit. How could I not have the advantage? And yet Christians all the time are, are batting with a worse batting average than sinners. Yeah. It's, not right. it's not right. They're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, do you have any idea what you had inside you? I believe those Old Testament saints are going to want to slap us silly. I think Abraham, you're going to think you're going to get a big hug from him. Abraham's going to come and knock you out, Taylor. I mean, he's going to slap you so hard. He's gonna, and then David's going to pick you up and throw you over to Daniel. He's going to slap you out silly and he's knock you into tomorrow. They're going to say, how dare you? How could you have him and not conquer the world? Look what we did without him. Just he was on us. He wasn't even in us. How could you have him in you and you don't have nothing but victory? You had the advantage. You had the great advantage and you still struck out. How is that possible? Not that you struck out in eternity. You made it to heaven, but you struck out on the earth. You never fulfilled the call of God. You never fulfilled the, the assignments of God, the prosperity of God. You never touched the vastness of that realm that he owns. We've got this great Holy Ghost that they didn't have. And I think they're going to probably wonder what's wrong with this generation. They've got God and they don't take advantage of what they've got. When God, when I was in the shower sniffing the oranges, I'm telling you, I heard God tell me, I expect you to have advantage over the world. In other words, you're not having advantage, Craig, not the way you should. I expect you to have advantage over the world. In other words, what do you do? Tap into the advantage. Tap into the Holy Ghost. He gives you the advantage. You don't have to make hard decisions. You don't have to make wrong decisions. You don't have to make decisions that cost you emotionally, mentally, physically, relationally, financially, health-wise. You don't have to make decisions that are costing you negative. 
when you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside, but you've got to learn how to tap into him. And how do you do it? There's many ways to tap into him. One of the greatest ways is to worship. Just sit there and worship him. Praise God. Can I tell you a little trick? I don't know if, anybody, if everybody likes this, but I'm telling you it really helps. Is don't always put on music with words. Sometimes just put on beautiful instrumental music and just lift your hands and then the words aren't distracting you. And just worship him in spirit and tongues. Then worship him in English. And then just worship him and love him and spend time with him and let his presence come gently down on you. The Holy Ghost loves that. That's one way you'll get to know God is when you worship him. Amen. Of course, another way you get to know the Holy Ghost is reading what he said because he authored the word. So you got you to gotta love this book. You got you to gotta cherish this book. And you got to read this book. But worship and the word, as important as they are, I'm telling you, the, the golden key is tongues. It, it gives you entrance into that realm. Yeah. And the Holy Ghost is the one helping you pray in tongues. Yeah. So he's, you can't even take credit for it on your own. He is assisting you in your praying. You're, he's not praying. You're praying, but he is giving you the ability, the utterance to pray. And you've got to learn how. I know people sometimes come, I'll end with this, they come to the counseling room and they I think... I think now it's different a little bit, but I think in the earlier years, they would come in the counseling room looking for some dramatic gesture. You know, like, like, like the, the guy who was sick, he wanted the prophet to wave his hand and do this big religious thing. And he, Naaman, remember? And he just said, just go dip in the river, the dirty river, the ugly river, do it seven times. There's no, there's no pomp. There's no, there's no ceremony. And I think sometimes people come, the pastor, he's going he's to call on the angels and I'm going to see a twinkle in the sky. And he's going to say, thus saith the Lord God, do this, marry this person, <laughs> kill this person. No, no, no. <laughs> I think some people are looking for this dramatic thing. And sometimes I think in the past they got disappointed because unless God comes on me, which he has many times and reveals to me the answer, but I can't make him do that. And many times he won't do that because he wants the person to learn how to get it themselves. Unless he comes on me, all I can tell them is what I tell them from the pulpit. It's like a little mini sermon that I'm giving them one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm saying the same thing that I'd say from the pulpit. Yeah. They just, for whatever reason, didn't get it. And what is the thing that I tell them most of the time? Uh, have you prayed for 20, th for 20 hours in tongues about this? Have you prayed for 50 hours in tongues? Because if you haven't, what, why are you talking to me? Because I'm not your counselor and I'm not your helper. I can help you if the Lord reveals to me as your pastor, but my job is not to give you the magic answer. My job is not to wave the wand over you and all of a sudden, poof, you know what to do. My job is to feed you. A shepherd feeds you the word. Your job is to do the word. My job isn't to get all the answers for you. My job is to tell you how you get them yourself. And then you get them yourself by doing what the pastor teaches from the Bible. And it takes time with God. It takes time to pray. It takes a lot of time with God. But that's not a burdensome thing. That's a joyful thing. So don't look at it as a negative. But if people would learn to to pray in the Holy Ghost a lot, Taylor. I mean a lot. I don't mean three minutes a day. You'll never get anything with three minutes a day. I'm talking about you need to learn. You need to develop a habit of praying much in the Holy Ghost. Praying when you drive. I don't know you religiously or legalistically, but praying, praying, praying. Taking time to pray in the Holy Ghost intentionally and then while you're working, while you're about your day. Amen. Pray much in the Holy Ghost and you'll start to see that, this, that the Holy Ghost, because your spirit man is alive unto God, he's there. He's giving you the ability to pray. And as you're praying, you're praying out 
your answers that you don't know what they are. You're praying out mysteries. You're praying out the perfect will of God, the perfect timing of God. You're praying out the path of God. You're laying the track, so to speak, so that you can follow that path without making errors. And as you pray that out, now the Holy Ghost has a right to come and intervene and give you a dream or give you a scripture or give you, speak to you or have the preacher speak to you or, or whatever. Or the main way is by the inner witness. That's the only guaranteed way anyway. So don't look for anything else. Just look for the inner witness. But the more you pray, a knowing will come. The more you pray, a knowing will come. The more you pray, a knowing will come. I don't make big decisions until I pray and a knowing comes. Yeah. Jenny and I had to purchase something. Even that tractor, as silly as that little thing is, it's still, it's still, I didn't want to make a mistake. I didn't want to have to pay for something that I didn't really need. And in the natural, I, we could have pushed the lawnmower for four hours or hired somebody for 400 bucks a month to come and do it. We could have done that. We could have done that. But I just, I didn't want to miss it. And I just said, Lord, I, I know I don't need it. I know I don't need it. So if you don't want me to have it, I won't have it. But I just got to pray till I get a knowing. And I kind of expected God to say no, because I should probably just push the mower myself. And, and, you know, I think God, you know, he's, you know, he wants me to lose weight. He probably definitely will say no. He'll make me push the mower. I really didn't think he'd say yes, Jenny, but I just prayed until a sense of knowing, either a sense of, of uneasiness and check or a sense of peace and joy. But I know when I got that sense of peace and joy, I said, glory to God. I didn't think he'd say yes, but you sure did. Glory. Hallelujah, Carter Greer. Hallelujah, Mama Jean, whatever her name is. I was so, I was so happy, but I've also prayed about other things, Jenny, that I really wanted. And, and, and he hasn't given me a joy and a peace, so I keep praying. Yeah. I'm going to keep praying. <laughs> Have you ever tried to twist God's hand by your praying? Oh, I do it all the time, Taylor, but it don't work. I said, Lord, I, I, just, I just feel, oh, God, I don't feel good about that. And I'll just pray for another hour. Lord, don't you know I'm your child? Don't you know I love you? Don't you know I gave up animals for you? And then you start telling God all the things that you've done that you think are good because you're trying to change his mind to give you an inner peace. But you know in your spirit that's not right. That's, I'm not talking about sin. I'm just talking about decisions that you have to make. Don't violate that. Don't decide to move ahead with that knowing that you shouldn't because you'll get yourself in trouble. You could even lose your life. Yeah. You don't know. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And by that time we were going to go down, we were invited by Joe Morris to go down to this wonderful conference and meet Mark Bark, not Mark Barkley, uh, Mark Brzee, and talk with him and meet all these big, fancy, wonderful, highfalutin ministers and go for dinner. And I was really looking forward to that trip because I was going to meet people that Dr. Dufresne uh, traveled with and that knew. And, I, and, and we, we started, remember, we started getting ready to book the ticket, but I always look down. I always check. I looked down and I thought, something's not right. I'm not alarmed, like the plane's gonna crash. Yeah. Not fear, like I'm in life's in danger. Something doesn't feel right. I said, honey, just pray for a second. Uh, we're not gonna book the tickets, we'll book them tomorrow. Just, just spend the night, just, just, just ask God, and I'll do the same. And I come to her the next day, I said, Jenny, I don't know, something's wrong. I just, I, I, don't, I don't think we can do it. She goes, I don't know what it is, I feel the same thing, we can't do this, and it wasn't a big deal. But on that weekend, my father-in-law, hurt himself very seriously. And he was incapacitated for a number of months. And if he had been, if we hadn't been there, when that happened, it would have caused a lot of upheaval with the children and everything, but we were there Praise God in town when it happened. Yeah. Now, God knew that was going to happen. And I don't think it was anything because we were out of the will of God to meet those ministers or because there was going to be a danger or a life-threatening situation. God knew the problems if we had left the country when that kind of accident happened. Yeah. 
And God said, I didn't want you to go. I want you to be here. Now, you see how simple that is? Would, it, would we have survived if we hadn't listened? Of course. But you've got to check. You've got to go with that inner witness. You've got to go with that inner witness, my brother and sister. It's the only thing that you're guaranteed. Stop looking for dreams. I'm giving you some counsel as your pastor. You will get into trouble if you try to claim something that you cannot claim from the Bible. Just because other, the Bible lists people having dreams doesn't mean you can claim a dream. Dream. Just because the Bible had angels appear doesn't mean you can claim an angel appearing. Do you understand? You, you, you got to be very careful on these things. You can only claim what the New Testament covenant promises allow you to claim. And God has given you only really two. He says, I give you the word that I will speak to you for. So you can claim that God will speak to you through the word. And he says, I will speak to you by the inner witness. He didn't even say, I'll speak to you like no. God. Like I can hear God speaking to me and I can write down word for word. But that's not even, I can't claim that. The closer I get to him, the more that will happen. But I can't claim that. No. So don't claim that God, in fact, oh, I don't know if you want me to say it, but in fact, I, I, there, was, there was a person in our church and I heard Dad Hagen talk about it. He talked about this lady that started to claim that God, I need to hear God speak to me. I need to hear God speak to me. And he said, you start to claim something outside your covenant rights, demons will accommodate you. And that lady started to hear voices. Remember Dad Hagen met her at the front? Sudi's laid hands in her, her whole flash, flash, her whole life flashed before, well, not her whole life, but the whole scenario, everything that had happened that had caused her to become insane flashed before him. He said, I won't pray for you. Meet me in the back. He told her details of everything that she had done that had caused this demon to come into her. And she acknowledged, she said, everything you're saying is 100% right. And he says, now, if you repent, I will pray for you and the devil will come out. And she said, I don't want to repent and I will not repent because I enjoy those voices. And he said, I will not. He begged her. The husband was standing right there. The pastor was standing right there. And he walked out of that office. She refused it. And within three weeks, she was in the insane asylum. She never came out for the rest of her life. Why? Because she started claiming, I claim for God to speak to me. There was a lady in our church, I won't say who, but some time ago she started asking God to speak to her and got real aggressive about it and demons came into her mind and started to take her mind over. And I counseled her and I pleaded with her. I said, what you're doing is unscriptural. You cannot claim that. And she said, I, and she argued with me and she kept doing it and eventually she, she's gone. And I can't help her because she's trying to claim something outside the word. The only thing you can claim is that God will speak to you through the scriptures. You can claim that because that's scriptural. That's part of your covenant. And let me read you Romans before we pray. Let me read you Romans chapter 8. Now, this is the only thing that you're guaranteed. Why? Because it's the only thing that can't be counterfeited. The devil can counterfeit an angel. He can counterfeit a dream. He can counterfeit a prophecy. And he can counterfeit a voice very easily. So don't ever ask God to speak to you for that way. You can't claim it because the devil can counterfeit. The only thing he can't counterfeit is the inner witness because the inner witness is of, in your spirit. And even if there's demons oppressing you, demons cannot be in your spirit. No Christian can be demon possessed in their spirit, man. So you might have demons in your soul. You might have demons in your body. You might be harassed and tormented in your mind, but your spirit man's clear. And that's why the only guarantee that can never be counterfeited is the inner witness, because that's the only place the devil can't access. But he can access your mind. He can access voices. He can make himself sound like God. He can appear as an angel of light. Angel, you can't claim that. You can't claim dreams. You can't claim prophecies. Oh, how many people have had their lives uprooted because of wrong prophecies? Because they're claiming God to speak to them through a preacher. God may use a preacher. He may do all these things, but you can't claim it. 
The only thing you can claim is the word and the inner witness. Now, the inner witness is Romans chapter 8, and then we'll pray. Romans 8, verse 14 and 16. Let me read you. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As soon as you become a son or born again, you immediately have the right to be led. Okay? God wants us led. Now, he tells us in verse 16 how to be led. He gives us the carrot, the hors d'oeuvre. Now, he gives us the full meal. I want you to be led. Now, let me show you how you're going to be led. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, don't let that throw you. The first thing when you become a son of God or a daughter of God, born again, the first thing the spirit of God will bear witness with you is that you're born again, that you're a child. But that is not the last thing. That is the first step on a thousand mile journey. The next thing he'll confirm to you is about the baptism. The next thing he'll confirm to you is that, and all the steps you take for the rest of your life, he will continue bearing witness and confirming things because that's how you're led is by the inner witness confirmation. The first item is that you're a child of God, but it's not the last item. It's the first step on a very long life journey. But we are to be, the Spirit himself bears witness, bears witness with where? Our spirit. That's where you know it. It's a knowing. And the more you pray in tongues, a knowing will come. If you didn't make a decision, just pray in the spirit until a knowing comes. There'll either be a, don't touch this because this will argue with you. Well, it's good. It's bad. Shut that down. Listen to hear. The more you pray in tongues, the more you'll know. Your mind may argue, but you'll know. You'll know don't or you'll know do. You'll know stay or you'll know go. But you'll know. And your mind might fight, but you'll know. Yes. Amen. This is how we're led by the Spirit, the inner witness. That's the only thing you can claim. Don't claim anything else. You'll open the door to devils. Especially these weird religious nut Christians that are always talking about dreams, for goodness sakes. God can give you a dream, but that is not what you claim, and that is not what you look for. You look for the Word, and you look for the Spirit. That's why we're Word and Spirit people. The Holy Ghost talks to me through this book, and He talks to me through an inward knowing. And anything else is bonus, but I don't claim it. I don't look for it. If it happens, I rejoice. And the closer you get to God, the more you'll actually hear Him talk to you. But I still go with the inward witness over him speaking to me. In fact, sometimes I've thought he said something, but I wasn't sure. Then I wait, but then I know by the inner witness that 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 was not God. It was me or it was the devil. Because the devil can come so subtly sometimes that you think it's you and we're thinking somebody, something else. You don't think it's the devil, but it's actually the devil. There's a flatness to it. Yeah. There's a flatness to it, my wife said, inside. When it's not the Holy Ghost. But when there is, I'm telling you. So learn to develop your spirit, man. I just, the Holy Ghost just on the inside. I said, Lord, what do you want for tonight? And I heard him say, I want you to tell them that they have an advantage. I want you to tell them that they've got the Holy Ghost. They've got the greatest advantage that any human being has had. And they need to tap into that advantage by more prayer, more prayer, and learning how to be led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you're going to make lots of mistakes. I don't mean that as a bad confession, but we all have missed it many times in being led by the Spirit. But it's a journey. When you miss it, pay attention. Go, ah, oh, that's what it felt like. That's what it, that's what it felt like. Then it's not God. That's what it felt like when it was my mind. That's what it felt like when it was the devil. That's what it felt like when it was the world. That's what it felt like when I was pressured. Ah, oh, but then when you make it right, when you hit the home run, go, ah, that's what it felt like. That's what it sensed. That's what it feels like. I don't mean to be feeling, but what I'm saying is that's what, that's what the sense in my spirit is when it's God. Oh, now I know. 
and then you become, you hone in that a little bit more and you get more, you get more skillful with it. Praise God. We were coming down to Heart Sushi, the best restaurant. It's going to be in heaven. The Lord already told me they're opening a franchise in heaven. Glory to God. <laughs> now, of course, he didn't tell me that. And we're coming and I was so, I could, I was salivating. I take, oh, Jesus, I feel that sashimi running down my, and I was so excited. And I felt an inner prompting, go this route. I said, I'm not going to go that route. That'd take me five minutes longer. I need to get there. The sashimi's calling me. And I went down the main route and I didn't know there was an accident. Bumper to bumper traffic. Remember that, Jenny? As far as the eye could see. And we had got there 45, 35, 40 minutes late. I was so hungry and mad. (laughs) And the Holy Ghost, did that kill me? No, but the Holy Ghost was giving me an advantage. Because those rotten sinners out there, Lorraine, they they deserve to sit in traffic because they got the devil. The devil puts you in traffic, my son. But I got the advantage of the Holy Ghost. He was trying to avoid me going through that hardship. But because I got my flesh over my spirit, my mental reasoning and my desires of my body, instead of listening, I missed it. Was it the end of the world? No. But I learned something. And I thought, oh, Holy Ghost, that was you trying to protect me from this delay. Is it delay the end of the world? No. But you love me so much, you want me to have the advantage. Yes, that's right. Praise God. So he wants you to have the advantage.